All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number five of The After Show. It is so great to have you listening or watching wherever you're watching and listening from. Hopefully, you're doing great. We are like midsummer now. Anybody else feel like summer is like freaking flying by or is this just me is this this you yeah, guys or is it flying by for sure covid i feel oh, like yeah. you, i feel like covid even has gone really fast but it's great to have you guys with us hey kev <laughs> uh, what, what did i say there what, what came out of my mouth there? did i say it was great to have covid with <laughs> us no that's gone really fast i feel like that's not the case what did i just say sometimes stuff comes out you said covid's gone by pretty fast <laughs> oh it no oh, do you want to talk about this covid has gone by fast i feel like in our house okay this is the another time te- in COVID has gone. The by. time in COVID has gone there fast go. because I feel like <laughs> it's Wednesday yeah. again. It's when oh like we, so we yeah. record on Wednesdays just to let everybody know. So um, it, it's gone by really fast. I you don't like believe the me. opposite. I feel like COVID days are dog years. Really? Yeah. 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 Everybody's situation for sure. So like, um, is that partly because just being kind of semi stuck inside? I feel like the days are long, but the weeks are fast. Okay. Maybe that's what I feel too. Like we do have days here where I'm like, dear Lord, let it be, you know, especially with having kids, (laughs) let it be bedtime, right? (laughs) But yeah, I feel that. That's a good way actually. Kendra's always dropping the gold. Hop on the bandwagon already, Drew. Come on. Drop on the gold. (laughs) Hey, Kev, uh, by the way, um, uh, I was thinking, you know, we've probably in our dreams, not just dreaming about lions attacking us, but uh, probably me and you have dreamt a little bit about having our own sports podcast as well. And I don't know, were you just watching the game here recently? Yeah, Yeah. you had had to stop to to do this. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) We're making you do this instead. So the Jays are playing tonight and they have this prodigy kid. He's like their top prospect called, has named is Nate uh, Pearson, and he threw five-inning, two-hit baseball against one of the best in Max Serger. Incredible. I think mm-hmm. there's some... Th- none of you care. None of you care. It's okay. <laughs> I never I never watch sports, but tonight I was at my parents, and I saw it. And you watch baseball. <laughs> I witnessed it. There's things to be excited about. The Leafs played last night. I mean, I feel like it, we're turning a corner here, at least. The at least Raptors the, start on yeah. Friday, right? Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Lakers, yeah. That is true. Yeah. Everybody doing all right? How is uh, vacation there, Kanikis? I know Serge is going to join us in a bit, but how, is it, how was it, Nicole? All right? Yeah, it was good. It was relaxing. Nice to kind of get out of town for a bit uh, after being kind of stuck in the house for, what, six months? Has it been five, five six months? I don't that very know. quick six months, eh, or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was good. Some fresh air and, yeah, change of scenery was good. Cool. Cool. Um, how's uh, so? There's a few things we've learned over the last few weeks. One is it's Hermione Granger. Just to remind everybody, just to remind everybody, it's mm-hmm. Hermione Granger. Did anybody watch any lions attacking stuff videos? Anybody? I sent a few to. Uh, I think Kev. I sent a few to. Yeah. Didn't watch any. Yeah. And so, can you validate my interest now? Can I validate it? Yeah. Like you guys were a little surprised last week. You kind of, I felt a little judged. I'm not, it's, it's okay that I was having no. maybe, no, maybe like a little, it's still weird. I'm not maybe a little bit of a psychological it. break. <laughs> you maybe thought you're like, where's that pastor hotline I need to call to make yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm- COVID's affected us in different ways, I guess. Okay, but I didn't send it to you guys. I should have. The the lion and the bear you think is fixed because this is you is all fixed. wondered where would a lion fight a bear, but it, it is fixed. Of course it's fixed. Yeah. Okay. 
because yeah, where I, mean, I don't know I don't know how, but it okay, doesn't so seem real. Outside of outside of somebody having a lion farm and bringing a bear to that farm so that they could fight each other. Right. So it's not an organic meeting. It's not an organic right. meeting. And There's no bears in the jungle. It's not a grassroots situation. <laughs> organic. No, no, it's not. I love I love the word organic and all this. Um, okay, I, and I can see that. Just even the way. So I we're getting off script. There is no script here, by the way. If you're listening, by the way, um, we literally hit record. I've not shared any questions, any thoughts, any background. We just kind of hit record, and here we are. But I did think, as you brought that up, that I think there are some people that breed lions, maybe in the states. And though oh, no, in Ontario, in Ontario, it's a thing. Oh, so there's yeah, yeah, yeah. I read an article a couple of weeks ago and it was funny when you mentioned that too. There actually is a problem at the moment with people who are breeding large cats. Sure. Well, Tiger King was big with that. Like, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So apparently it happens even in Ontario. Okay. And we have bears in Ontario. So maybe this exactly. Is so maybe, maybe this you can't, okay, you can't write right. it off. What I know okay, is sometimes those like those lions or tigers that are bred can it's not that they're less violent, but the, like the way that the lion was kind of not like the way that they were going at each other. No, the lion. The, no, 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 no. I'm arguing for you. I'm arguing for you saying it, it was less passive. So it probably was a bred lion like in yeah, domesticated. I that's guess. it. There, there's the word. I'm telling you it was not even real. Like they <laughs> fabricated it. If you, look at the, if you watch the video, did you fact check it? they didn't even yeah, touch the, the like lion it. and the bear didn't even touch each other. Okay. Oh. So you think, think it, it was like edited. It's an edited oh. video. Oh man, you're ruining my life, Kev. <laughs> this is supposed to be like, positive. This isn't even a bread thing. This is a absolute fabrication. <laughs> this is this is supposed to be positive midweek for me. Okay. I'll watch it again and see. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you like, told us some very disturbing information last week, and we just got it. Sleepwalking, like, <laughs> yeah, lions eating stuff, but it is, you know, it's life. It's all good. All right. Well, maybe we should talk about, you know, I feel like this is constructive, but maybe we should talk about <laughs> some things that are really constructive. One is, um, this is not constructive at all. So we hit an all-time low in our house today. We're out of coffee, and Heath went in. And no offense if you drink Maxwell coffee, but for the first time, I think, in our marriage, she brought a tub of Maxwell home. And I'm not a coffee snob by any means. I drink a lot of coffee, those of you that know. I'm drinking Maxwell coffee here, and it's just all-time low. I can't I can't describe it. Anybody with me? Do you guys yeah, drink Maxwell coffee? Co- do you drink? It, no, it's the coffee for people that don't drink coffee. Do you drink coffee, Nicole? The, do Maxwell? I do. Okay, I do. I'm offending now. We do, do now. Folgers. No, 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 you're not. Okay. You're okay, not. Folgers. We do okay. Folgers. We do Folgers. Oh, Folgers, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do Folgers. But I think, you know what? I think I do actually remember the one time I got Maxwell because I had coupons in the States. Yeah. <laughs> and I did get Maxwell coffee, and I do remember not enjoying it. So I think I might be all with you on that one. It tastes kind of like church, you know, like church coffee. (laughs) It's like, you know, church coffee. You know what I'm talking about. Mass produced. (laughs) Yeah, it's all good. We we have good coffee because it's brewed downstairs and it's great. I think it's Ojo coffee downstairs. So it's uh, Edgar and Joe's that is when, you know, on Sundays. So, Well, I knew Um, you were doing remodeling. I didn't realize you were putting a coffee shop in your basement. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jojo's down there uh, roasting the beans right now. A couple couple of baristas down there. Yeah. (laughs) What is that? 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Intergenerational meaningful relationship. Let's talk about this because we've been talking about these principles, not principles, I guess the better word in the book, it's practices that resilient disciples do. So one, intimacy and identity with Jesus. Big part of it is just like knowing who you are and cultivating a life with God, which we're all about at Praxis. It's like the very first thing on our radar, more than putting something on for, you know, folk, the, the big thing we want to do is lead people in life with God. Second thing was cultural discernment, which we talked about last week. Just this idea of being, it seems like, um, these resilient disciples are people that have had communities. They've been a part of learning communities. They're, they've addressed real issues over their life. They've kind of pressed in their learners. They've been, you know, their churches have addressed these things and they've, you know, built and flexed muscles of cultural discernment. This week is all about relationships meaningful, and here's what we'll probably talk about for a few minutes, is intergenerational relationships. And it's just clear, just, you know, if you want to use the word data from the data and the research and all that, that the people that have really thrived as disciples are ones that have community around them. Does it resonate? Well, that's why Kathy and I are here tonight. Yeah. Generational relationships. (laughs) Yeah, because we're, are you saying because we're so old? Mostly you, it's fine. Growing a sweet beard. (laughs) <laughs> I was holding yes. on to that joke the whole time. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. These guys. You're reading the chapter thinking, I can't wait to bring this I up. Can't I can't w- wait. An old joke with Drew. Sur- Surge isn't even here, though. We can't even, we can't shred the, uh, we can't shred the, well, I guess we could the shred oldest. the elder statement, statesman right now. But, you know, for my life, this is, this is why I'm here. Um, and I think sometimes we don't, we're not honest and talk about like, yeah, you have the gospel and yeah, you have Jesus. And those things are supreme. Obviously we're in the way of Jesus because of Jesus work, but I just don't think sometimes we think, uh, at least I don't think about sometimes the influence that kind of got me here. Uh, and you guys where you are as well. I didn't just come up with the way I think there's people that have influenced that. Some of them I know, many, many of them I don't know. Some of them are dead because, you know, they've left <laughs> writings and teachings. And um, But I think about even what we're doing here. I often joke that it's the back deck moment. And then I think about the really the things that have shaped my life. I, I'm all for teaching and sermons and corporate worship. All of that is important. I do believe the church is a gathering. But then I think about like bonfires and trips. There was a trip a couple trips in particular were mentors I went just overseas with. And I look and I go, man, that's part, a huge part of why I'm here. You feel like you're in the same boat? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, for me as well, having grown up in the church, like that was definitely something like some of my fondest memories are exactly that. Um, you know, being a kid and remembering, um, uh, my parents and even those individuals, my parents age, um, who were in my life at the time going camping. Camping was a huge thing that we did um, as a church, uh, which was so much fun. Again, like I said, built so much of my childhood memories, but um, remembering the, you know, the older people in that community, like so vividly um, yep. and the effect that they had in my life during that time for sure. Amazing. Yeah. What else? What, like, that's, I mean, it's so good. Like, um, and knowing your, especially um, like hearing stories, Nicole, of, you know, just your experience in the church. Yeah, it's like you just know and even getting to know your parents a little bit like um, there are these people that have kind of kind of led us. 
Any other thoughts with it? Like just even just the general idea of general, uh, the principle from the chapter, the teaching, has this been your story as well? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I was reflecting on it when I was reading the chapter. It's not something you think about as you're growing up, like to see, to have those role models. You don't maybe think about them like that. Um, But looking back, you do. I think that it's, it's really important to have people you admire who are, who share your faith or at least that you respect. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that comes with an age difference as well. Um, I know there was a a lady that went to um, the church we went to before and on Sunday morning, just randomly, she would like pull me aside and be like, so how's your walk with God? And I was like, whoa, okay, good morning. (laughs) Um, But like where else? Your friends don't do that all the time. You know, it's just something that an older generation, I don't know, they... They have a way. I don't know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think as well, like a, a really nice memory that I have as well is actually watching a, um, a couple come together in the church. Yeah. Um, you know, so again, I was maybe younger, like younger than 10. Like I was probably around 10. But I, again, also remembering watching the beauty of their relationship develop and them getting married in the church as well. Um, and kind of seeing that and being like, oh, I want that one day. You know, um, seeing them model that and go through that process of dating in the church and you know mm-hmm. uh kind of what came after when they had their wedding and stuff and 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 i think for me that was quite inspirational i mean we don't get to see our parents get married or anything we get to see their marriage and you know what we want to kind of model in our marriage in that way but i think just seeing that process happen in the church and that um how it happened in a very um just in a beautiful way in a godly way um you know was for me just really inspirational in that way for sure it's so cool so cool what do you think kendra you got growing up in the church as well like i know you have you've had some great people around you i I, and just to echo you know what's kind of cool is i always love um and heather's like this too especially because she is super relationally like just her makeup is um uh just super helpful to me even like uh, in our marriage and in ministry because she loves the relational side and just watching people over time in the church build these relationships. It, what we love is when it happens organically, there's the word, but um, it happens and you don't even know, like we've even seen in the last couple of years, like, oh, like those people now are becoming like strong friends. And you're know, like, this is just so, it's really cool. Um, what do you think? Do you think this is important? As important as maybe what we've seen, uh, you know, even through some of the feedback through Barn and whatnot? I think so, yeah. I think that it's human to follow by example, uh, especially when we find that person inspiring and someone that we respect, right? I was actually thinking when I was reading the chapter, it's a little bit sad, but my parents recently left their church that I grew up in. So they were there like, I think they said 23 years. Okay. And so it's an interesting thing for me to process. Of course, I haven't gone to their church in years, but we go back for special occasions and stuff. And when I do, all these like women come around me who helped to raise me yeah. and um, it's always special going back there. And so I'll have to find a way to keep going back, but it's just, sure. it's just an odd, odd thing too, that my parents will keep moving forward. So they're still having relationships with these people. But when I left that church, those relationships just sort of like, I felt like they were just like cut off there except for the little times that I come back. But my parents, it like, it continues, I guess yeah. too. Yes, yeah. a relationship that way. It's not just like a model that you read about. 
for sure. It sounds though like, and this is great. It sounds like everybody here has had health at some level, healthy experiences with intergenerational relationships, um, which is so cool because um, this is where, okay, so this is where I get a little, maybe not hot, but it's in, it's it's interesting. So I was even journaling today. I was just thinking about this today and writing some stuff down. And I am under the persuasion, we didn't talk about this as much in the teaching, but I'm under the persuasion, and let's talk about this. Intergenerational, uh, this is what I wrote down. Intergenerational relationships are hard. They're hard, let's be honest. And I think the thing is, they're not cool. And you see, so you have that reality, and yet they're necessary to growth in actually the long haul. And what I mean by that is they're not, it's not easy naturally to build relationships with people of different generations and they're not Instagrammable in most cases. You know what I'm saying? Um, So in Sunday's teaching, I shared a little bit about our youth ministry back in the day. We had a great time, but one of the things that I, and it was like, honestly, again, I've I've said this before, it was kind of like a mini revival, like in the, the most legitimate way, like there were some really beautiful things that happened, but as I look back, I think about the one thing we really missed and it was, I'll take responsibility partly for it. I'm okay, don't worry. Like I say this from a positive place, a good space, but I do think the one thing we didn't do well is we kind of had kids leading kids like I was in my mid-20s the leaders were in their early 20s and we had this whole slew of kids coming into the way of Jesus trying to sort their lives out you know all sorts of, it was it was messy and I, I look back and go one of the way one of the areas that wasn't strong and that was the intergenerationalness and now I look on the other side and see actually how important it is anybody want to speak to that like do you agree? Do you think uh, the this idea of the intergenerational piece is 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 important? Can I challenge that? Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking um, because I, I I even think about like uh, my Noah and how well he relates to um, people who are not too much older than him. Yeah. Um, so he's 14 and, uh, the relationship I see that he has with some of the boys who sort of, um, coach and mentor in his, uh, like in the compass program who are 19, 20, 21, like that young age. Um, I see something special there. Um, just because I find it a much more relatable relationship almost because they're so much closer in age, but yet it's, it's far enough where it's still intergenerational, but Mm -hmm. it's close enough to where they feel they can relate, um, you know, compared to say an older coach and him, um, you know, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking in the sort of like the coaching sense of things and the relationships that, that he sort of builds there. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I've, I've, I had found that as well, I think, in, in my life that um, some of the people who were only 10 years older than me, um, you know, I, I built good relationships with them while I was in youth because they were, you know, the youth helpers and stuff yeah. because I looked up to them yeah. and I felt like I could see in them who I wanted to be. They were so cool. I felt like the cool factor was there for that. So, so I don't know, I, I see advantages and disadvantages with like big age, you know, the big age gap of intergenerational relationships versus the smaller age gap. Uh, but I think there's pros and cons in both. For sure. And I think there needs to be a balance. 
Yeah, keep going, Kendra. Like, what, what do you see that as? That's because this is good. I think that I, like, in my earlier in my 20s, I found my, like, the high school girls in my old church just, like, loved me for no reason. Yeah. And I think it was literally just because I was in the next season and they just, like, were, they're were like, you have your own apartment. I was like, okay, well, I pay rent. That's, like, all that takes. But, okay, like, I thought it was so, so cool. And I got a job and whatever. And you're like, I'm doing it. Yeah. Which is awesome. But, like, I think it's just because it was just in the next stage. And yep. so girls who were in high school or in university, it was really easy to connect with them. Um, because I think it takes a certain maturity to really appreciate uh, more distance in yep. age, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. now, like, um, at least until COVID started, um, I do like a, like a personal Bible study with a uh, woman who's my mom's age. And it's awesome. important for her not to be my mom. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not like I'm doing a Bible study with my mom because that's a different kind of learning because I was homeschooled and we're done with that. <laughs> but, right? But, um, but now that I'm like later in my 20s, 30, I'm like looking for someone who is that much older and that much wiser, I guess, too. Cool. I don't know. It takes a balance, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I would agree with Kendra exactly what she said on, like, it takes a certain maturity to appreciate that because I feel like when you're in youth, you don't want to be friends with someone your parents' age, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, those are your parents. Um, yeah, but now I would say I would want, you know, like, an older couple to, like, yeah. mentor us in our marriage, for example. Um, so I think you're, you're looking for something different as you, as you get older. This is a great point. So like what I hear, and it's good, it's good, you know, um, and maybe um, even as I think back, not to be as hard, and I'm not that I'm being hard on those experiences from the past, but um, I, what I love about even hearing what you guys are saying is there, even with students, say like youth group students the, the, to a young adult, that could be seen as intergenerational in the sense of the, even though it may be a smaller gap, that there's the importance of that. Well, I certainly 100% agree with that. Um, for sure. I think that's helpful um, for sure in, and even maybe helping reframe a bit of, of um, what we see as been successes or not, you know, even, even in my example. So that, I mean, I think that's, that's, um, that's helpful as we reimagine. It's interesting just as we reimagine the church and as we move forward, we're, we're in a particular community that is very, uh, very young. You know, it's very young. It's um, 90% under the age of 40. I think 95% under the age of 45. So what, yeah, it's quite young, right? Like, and that's not intentional. We can even talk about how that can be a frustrating thing because what you can often feel is, um, you know, what we felt is like, it's interesting how, we have people like in their late thirties and forties that are very, very mature, but there is something beautiful about people who have experienced certain things in their lives to be able to invest in the next. And we have some great people in that, those age groups and shout out to y'all if you're listening or whatever. Um, what, how do you think, you know, as a, the church moving forward, how do you, what does that look like? Do you think as far as um, inter, intergenerational friendships, relationships, and how that can be meaningful? I mean, you've already shared some great examples, Kendra, the example of um, meeting with other people. How do you think this is going to look, you know, in the future for the church and maybe even for praxis? Have you, do you think through that? Like what could, what that could look like for praxis? 
I don't know about practice, but I'll just say one more yeah. thing about this, the wonderful woman I do uh, yeah. Bible study with. Is she actually sees it as a, her like Christian responsibility as a woman of Christ. Um, what's the like first or second Timothy verse that is like, take charge and yeah. like, be a mentor to people who are young. And so she like looks for actively like opportunities to have relationships with people who are younger with her. So good. Younger than her, I guess. Yeah, and that's so huge. Good. Like that's a lifestyle thing, and she's a very busy person. But like, she made it such a priority to honestly just pray with me every week. Yeah. And, um, like it's a whole like it's a lifestyle thing that yeah. you can commit to, which is which I aspire to, and I will probably fail greatly at in a lot of ways. But like, sure. it's very impactful. And is it, and is it not yeah, like, like go ahead, Kev, go so, ahead. So I was going to add, uh, and it can be simple. Like it doesn't have mm. to be like you're saying just about like praying. And, and, and I, and I can think back to just examples of people that I've had in my life that I've kind of, I, I would think to myself as shaped, you know, where I am just of different couples that just as simple as being like, listen, you know, we see each other maybe once a month yeah. just at church and, you know, just we're thinking about you and we we're praying for you. And it's just like, that's, that's, it's as impactful as, as having, you know, a, a daily, you know, Bible study with them or whatnot. Yeah. It's just those little things, just those little subtleties of knowing that you're connected throughout. Um, and yeah, like I, I think with the chapter as I'm reading the chapter is it doesn't have to be difficult and it can look different for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just something as simple as going, you know, going to a basketball game, like for, for Noah, you, you know, as a going to, you know, just go see, just go see him play, like, and just know that he's there, that that somebody's there for him, or you know, somebody else is in his, or anybody else is an example. Just going to something and being there, like, it doesn't have to be anything huge, but it's impactful and memorable for sure. Mm. Yeah, the word that comes to mind when I hear Kendra's example is just unscripted too. You know, like sometimes we think everything needs a vision statement and a website, and a, you know, like every ministry, and then then. You look like, I guess as you get older, and I do think, and I don't say this, I actually say this quite confidently, as you become wiser, um, you look and you go, it's a lot of times those unscripted moments that are things that you're like, I just, I want that. And I'll share, when we kind of close, I'll share a little bit about um, some of the things Heather and I have talked about around this, being in a younger church and not having a lot of like older folk, um, what we hope to embody in the future. Uh, kids and youth stuff, it's always interesting, you know, in a, in a, a little bit of a smaller community, um, you know, we don't have paid staff in that area. And yet one of the things we really feel like is we all bear this as a community um, and really trying to work. And I think that's going to be, a, I, I do think it's going to be a healthy way forward. Not, And we've talked in this, even in this podcast, midweek stuff, there's still youth culture things and things that are are very important that shape kids and students lives but it's interesting now again on this side it's the I think it's going to be everybody kind of joining in and then one of the things I love that we don't have paid staff is just obviously we have key leaders in these areas and they do a phenomenal job but we're also saying I know with like kids and youth at Praxis if people don't lead it or, or join in on it 
um, we're going at the pace of what we have. And I think there's actually something beautiful about that compared to, um, and this is maybe more about just the ethos of youth ministry stuff and stuff. Sometimes what happens is it's like, okay, we hire this person to kind of take care of our kids or take care of the students or whatever. And we've said, no, no, no. Even if there's a time and place where we do hire somebody and that may happen down the road, who knows that it wouldn't be like, okay, you do your thing. You kind of take care of our there are kids, there are youth, there are young adults as we, as we get older. And I think that's uh, an important, important piece uh, of uh, just the puzzle in, in the future. And, and again, not that you just kind of push youth culture stuff to the side. We need people that are relevant to their age and whatnot. Um, but I just think, uh, just been thinking through the, the importance of that, the intergenerational side. Um, it reminds yeah. me of what he actually said in the book as well. We, he talked about um, one of the things that uh, young people say is, oh, but that person was paid to be my friend. Yes. Um, you know, they talk about, about the, that. So good. The paid youth pastor. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that was kind of a little bit funny that, that they would view it as such. But I can kind of see that. And that's why, in a sense, what you're talking about is so much more intentional, right? Mm -hmm. Um, In a way. I mean, I'm not saying that youth pastors are not. Absolutely not. And we're not saying that at all. Absolutely. Exactly. But um, I think there's something to it when, when, when people just take take on the responsibility themselves to, to, to build those relationships, to, to, um, you know, step out of their comfort zones, to, um, to speak into someone else's life who's younger, um, you know, or kind of who choose to have relationship with someone who's um, older in the church. So, so yeah, I, I definitely think that there's something to that, that maybe is a response almost mm-hmm. to the, oh, but you're paid to be my friend. Yes. <laughs> you paid to be, yeah. <laughs> But that's where it comes, that's where it's important where as a, as a pastor or as a leader that you take it outside of that specific time. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a Sunday morning or not just a Tuesday or Friday, a Wednesday night. It's over and above that. And uh, so, I mean, I can think of when I was, when I was in youth and I remember just in high school um, playing sports. I was actually playing rugby and I remember looking on the sidelines and on the sidelines Drew Fest was standing on the sidelines Whoa. and how impactful that was for me, just knowing that, you know, a leader didn't just care about me on a Tuesday night or mm. a Sunday morning, but cared enough to come in and be invested in my life. Mm-hmm. So good. And I think one of the things in our ethos and not that we're, we st- we're still working this out, but that's one of the reasons why we've tried to draw as much as we can to Sundays where everybody's together. Is, and I know to each their own. And, and I'm, we're obviously for um, our youth uh, crew right now is doing great. Like they meet on Zoom and they'll be more developed midweek. But we're trying to do the major um, discipleship component where the whole family can come together and then the, the discipleship is happening on Sunday morning. So that again, it's kind of a statement to say, we're not just pushing somebody to say, Hey, take care. This is all, all of us, even like on Sunday mornings, the corporate gathering for music and stuff. And then, okay, like students, you've got a certain level of teaching that can pour into your life, but you're just as much a part of the ethos and the, this community as anybody I think is, I think is, um, I think it is important. And again, not to say that there is not going to be midweek stuff. Obviously there is, but uh, we've just been challenged at um, what sometimes the negative siloing that can happen down the road. And then all of us now, again, I know some of you are younger, but as we get older, you realize, man, like 
the, the intergenerational stuff. It is folk that have poured into our lives long term that really do make the difference. So how can you have both of those things is important. Now, I want to, uh, I want to propose something that I've just been thinking about. And sometimes Heather and I talk about this. Love to hear what you think. I think, especially in our case where we don't have like a lot in older generations, like, um, you know, especially, you know, that there's some amazing people in our community above 50, but like we think about the future. One of the things I've been thinking through is we need to have, like we're thinking strategic about the future in our own lives now. And I want to encourage all of us down the road, Heather and I, and we're not perfect, we're far from perfect, but there's part of um, part of it where Heather and I want to be down the road, what we don't have an abundance of at Praxis right now. And that is older folks. I'm thinking, you know, late 50, not older. That's a horrible if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm 60 and I don't feel old. I totally get it. I'm going to be 70 and playing hockey four or five times a week. I've got a, I've got a retirement plan as well. We'll talk about that when we talk about vaca- vocation and work. So just hang on. But I do think like we want to be something that we haven't had an abundance of and that it, that is people who like are just there to pour into the next generation. And we talk even now, and I just encourage, and I would love to get your thoughts in a second, but I just want to encourage you, if you're a follower of Jesus now in your 20s, 30s, 40s, to think about what the, the role you can play down the road, because this is now starting to come to us, and we're even trying to do things in our own lives to set ourselves up where if it's at Praxis, maybe it's at Praxis, I mean, if they don't kick us out or whatever, that we could just be on the doors or on the front pew, pew, on the front row, sorry, I don't know, pew, maybe pews <laughs> will be a thing down the road, um, where we can just be there and be that deposit, be those people um, that can embody this kind of relationship for younger folk. Um, do you think about your the future of your life? Does that ever come across your mind? I know like it's hard in our moment right now with everything going on. Does that, I don't know. Do you think about that ever? <laughs> do you think about getting old? <laughs> yeah, I think Serge and I have talked about this before as well. Um, you know, and just looking at the stages that our lives have taken, um, you know, since... Um, you know, since the beginning when we kind of started Praxis and, yeah. and, and, and we were at such a different time in our lives when our boys were just really, really little. And Can I stop was, you for a second? Oh, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So uh, hold your thought. I, I got to tell you this. Go um, Heather and I, she was looking, tomorrow's Ava's birthday. So she was looking, and, and Micah's birthday. So she was looking for a yeah. memory. And yeah. we saw a memory uh, from 2012 of Judah and Micah holding hands. Do you remember that picture? I need yes, to, I needed like to send. Yeah, two or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Craziness. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So, so anyway, <laughs> melt your heart. And that yes. was like, I saw this an hour yes. ago. It was amazing. Continue. Sorry, I cut you off. That, like, is, an ad- that yeah. is, I do. I remember that one. So Sweet. cute. Yeah, but I was just, you know, thinking through um, just the different stages in our lives that we go. And, and, and I think it's just, you know, I mean, it's by accident that Praxis is so young in age now. But I think we are on a path and on a journey to getting there to being the 50, 60 year olds in mm-hmm. the church. You know, that's kind of just the reality. And I, I think back and I look back, I mean, we've been, gosh, Drew, we've been with the church now. Mm-hmm. How long? Decade, yeah. Um, like since we've been here in Canada. Yeah. Uh, so 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, like at that age, you know, when Judah and Michael were two years old and holding hands, yeah. like, um, <laughs> Church was our ministry, right? Like, uh, you know, we church was uh, like where we 
all of our time, our kids' time, everything. And then now our kids are older and they have activities outside of church. And that's where we're, you know, we kind of find a different stage in our lives where we're not able to be as committed as we were specifically to the activities in church um, uh, as we were then. However, I do look forward to the day when my boys are done Mm -hmm. and they're gone to college and I just get to go to church Mm -hmm. and kind of pour back in again. And it'll be a time where I have so much more time on my hands and I get to pour into the lives of the younger generation, you know, and where I am the older generation. So I definitely have thought about that, Um, you know, uh, and it's crazy to think about it. That may happen in the next four to eight years now for us um, with, uh, you know, an older one being in high school now and. You know, if they go off to college and they kind of have their own lives, then Serge and I won't have that anymore. We won't have basketball to kind of go to anymore or activities we have to be at. And then we will be fully available again, you know, for church um, in that way. So I think, you know, we're young now as a church, but we're going to get there. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I kind of, I, I think the one of the thing, one of the things is just being more open and honest about it about the dynamic of being younger and sometimes the frustration the, like to being open with the frustration which i think is important but then also being um being open about the like what you're talking about like the future hope too like there's obviously present hope there's so many so such good things happening um but you look at that future too of uh, and like you said different seasons for different times is um it's a thing. It's certainly a thing for sure in, in church life. And, um, yeah, I just think, uh, all of us kind of being intentional on that front with, with the people that we see in and around us. I know it's like an eye roll and it's cliche, but I do think cliches are cliches for a reason. Like it takes a village and everybody goes, okay, that's like the common thing now. But I, <laughs> I honestly do that the healthiest, the healthiest places and spaces for church and church life is is the truth of that statement. It does for sure. For sure. Kendra, how's the plant doing back there? How's Phil doing back there? Give us an update. Gave him a little bath yesterday. Okay. All right. So, I'm letting him do, do his that? thing. Spray I bottle? I, just, I watered him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I set him in the sink and I like turn the tap on for a while and really let it drain out, you know? Cool. And cool. I, looking, I think he's growing great. Looking good. It's a summer, <laughs> summer of growth. Love it. Love it. And I mean, if we're going to be at home so much, why not just like fill our lives with plants, which is great. Phil, get it? Phil, oh, that was good. Oh, right. Phil, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a good time. Well, uh, anybody want the last word on uh, meaningful inter- intergenerational relationships? Anybody want the kind of the last say here? Again, you're listening to the after show presented by Poster Poster. Any any thoughts? Anything uh, you want to glean on us as as people, as the listener? That's it. All the, all the wisdom <laughs> deposited. I think, um, you know, I do. I think it's, it's a very important thing to think through. One, all of us thinking through, okay, how did I get here? Well, there's relationships that have shaped me to get to even, even to what I believe. I don't think there's a- anything ever in a vacuum. Um, this whole idea of, well, I just read the Bible and came up, you know, with what, it, there, I mean, obviously the Bible leads us to truth, but there are voices and people in our lives that actually make that 
tangible in our lives, which is so important. I just think we all need to think through, you know, again, our our role in this. Um, again, we're super thankful for youth culture. Super thankful for. Um, youth ministries, kids ministries, but it may actually be the things that aren't as cool or sexy that actually produce like long lasting fruit. And I just need, I think, you know, one thing that this particular chapter has helped us with is thinking through that. So we encourage everybody that's listening just to kind of think through that, think through uh, your role in the church and maybe what God's calling you to. And it doesn't necessarily mean like uh, helping in like kids ministry, whatever church you're a part of, but maybe it does. Or same with students. Um, but I hope all of us can kind of um, kind of play our part in this. With that said, this Sunday, we will be talking about, I think probably my favorite week will be this Sunday in what we wrestle through. We're going to talk about the fourth practice, which is basically seeing work and vocation as worship. And so if you're like somebody that's thinking, man, does my job really matter? Does what I do day to day really matter? Listen in this Sunday. Join us this Sunday at 1030 at mypraxis.church. But as well, I hope you can join us next week because I think if week kind of one was or week two is the spiciest of the after show, I think probably the the most fun and thoughtful one will be next week as we talk through work and vocation. Would love to hear from these guys as well, just how they're kind of living this out and experiencing this. With that said, enjoy your summer. We've got like NHL hockey playoffs this weekend, people. This is like it's. Yeah, it's really, really good. <laughs> you can listen anywhere you want on uh, podcast. What's the word, Kev? Kendra, Nicole, Kathy, it, the, uh, outlets? Sh- sure. Sure. Any, any platform, platform there, platform. any platform sure. where there's a podcast blaring, you can find our channel as well. You can watch us on YouTube and Facebook. <laughs> Have an amazing week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.